Welcome to the Food Guides Podcast, a place where sufferers of heartburn, acid reflux, and more can learn from a community of dietitians and nutrition experts. Hello, Jason, and welcome everyone to the Food Guides Podcast. We have a very special guest joining us today on the podcast, Dr. Ashley Morrissey, who is a neurology specialist and honestly, one of the most intelligent providers that I have ever been blessed to know professionally now for over a decade. So thank you so much for joining us today. And could you start by telling us a little bit about your background in healthcare? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I have worked in healthcare now for about two decades, starting as a registered nurse. And then I went on to get my doctorate of nursing practice. And I am a board certified nurse practitioner. And as you said, I work in general outpatient neurology. So that is my specialty. Awesome. And I know just by my professional interaction with you that we definitely have the common goals of just meeting people where they are and finding solutions that make the most sense for them in their individual life situations. So I'd love to speak with you today about some of the issues that you see in practice and off the top of my head, an issue that dramatically reduces the quality of life in our community of sufferers is sleep disruptions. So is that something that you see? Definitely in neurology, I see and treat a lot of sleep disorders and something that can affect patients who deal with acid reflux and GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease, um, this can worsen sleep issues. And so there are a wide variety of sleep issues that people may be dealing with. Most people may have temporary bouts of insomnia where they may be having difficulty getting to sleep or they may have difficulty staying asleep. People may also have issues with limb movements where their legs may move. Most people are familiar with someone they know or themselves having a restless leg syndrome. And sometimes even their arms or their whole body may move. And so some people can even have what is called a, a REM sleep disorder where they may not actually be getting into a REM sleep and getting a restful night's sleep. And sometimes that can feel like they're having unusual dreams or very vivid dreams. We can even get into things like narcolepsy. And of course, there's even things like obstructive sleep apnea and things like this, where these can be situations with sleep that can lead to life-threatening um, things that can increase your morbidity and mortality if they're not treated. So this, there's a lot of things in sleep that can really affect both the quality of life, but also, also they can affect your length of life and, and your overall health. You know, when it comes to sleep, that's really a hot topic with a lot of our um, acid reflux and GERD sufferers. And I would love to get your professional thoughts about something that was really a newer concept to me when I started learning about it, because we have always been told that to help a person who has the reflux at night to always recommend a wedge pillow. But I have heard so much about people using bed razors. And do you, like, do you know a lot about this? Can you kind of explain to me what that is? Because it sounds like it could be a safety issue. So yes, um, so the, the goal of reducing symptoms is you need to be raising your head at least six inches. 
And what we find is people will try to stuff a pillow under their head and then over the course of their sleep movements and during the course of the night, most pillows are compressing. You're just not getting that six inches of lift. And so even when people may put a wedge pillow, oftentimes it's just not going down far enough along their spine. They're getting a, a tilt in their neck and not along their back. So you're not actually raising sort of, if you think of where your stomach sits in your body, the goal is that you're raising that entire upper portion of your body, not just your head. So, you know, people seem to think of, okay, I've tilted my head, but that's not really the goal of using these pillows. Um, and so that's where people get into, they'll try to purchase furniture razors, um, and these are easily available, you know, at stores, you know, brick and mortar stores and online stores. And so they will place these furniture razors under just the head of the bed. Uh, unfortunately, most bed frames are not meant to support uh, this additional stress on the legs at the foot of the bed. And so sometimes accidents then happen uh, where the legs at the feet of the bed end up snapping. And so the frame of the bed, you know, best case scenario, you might end up damaging the floor. Worst case scenario, if someone is in the bed when that happens, they could, you know, fall in the floor and be injured. And of course, it could just be a very frightening experience. But the, there are options uh, other than using these types of bed razors that exist. You know, using a wedge pillow that is a high density foam that actually extends along the back down almost to the hip area. Uh, that is what you're looking for. So a, a high density foam pillow that does provide an elevation of at least six inches that extends down almost to the hips because you are looking for that elevation all the way down to below where the stomach sits. Uh, there are bed frames that are designed to, to tilt the upper part of the bed. Now, unfortunately, those are prohibitively expensive for most people. The starting cost for most of these at a queen size bed is about $1,000. For most people, that's just a lot to spend on just the frame of a bed. And of course, costs go up from there. Um, if it's something someone can afford, of course, that can be a good option. But, you know, you can buy a high density wedge foam pillow for some, you know, $30 to $50. I often have recommended to patients, they can sometimes find a wholesale foam distributor that provides the foam for furniture manufacturers and they're able to actually purchase foam and have it cut to their specifications and that is a, the cheapest option and if they are looking for something um, that is to fit their bed size, they're able to get it. A lot of times if they're looking for something that is going to be across the width of say a queen size or a king size bed, that is sometimes the best option is to actually have it cut to fit their bed size. And then they can have a you know pillowcase made and still that's going to be a cheaper option than buying two or three wedge pillows and trying to find something to fit and making it work if that's something that's in someone's area and they can find that kind of a wholesale distributor. 
but those are the options because the goal is to raise that whole upper body up about six inches, not just at the neck. Yeah, absolutely. What would be some of the, you know, signs or symptoms of a potential sleep disorder? You know, because a lot of the times people can sleep but don't realize they're not getting that, you know, true REM sleep or that deep sleep. So what would people be looking for during the day to maybe identify that they're having sleep issues during the night? Well, I always ask people, when you wake up in the morning, do you feel rested? You know, we may feel that sleep lingering for the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes when you wake up and you may not want to just spring out of bed. But after that first, you know, we get up, start getting ready for the day, you shouldn't still feel that fatigue lingering. And so if that is a lingering fatigue that lasts after you're awake, you're starting to get your day going, then that's telling me you didn't get a good night's sleep. And if that's something that's consistently happening day after day, then that is telling me that your brain and your body are not getting their best that it needs at night. And that is just a good starting point to, to start a conversation with your medical provider. And also, as far as limb movements, if you're waking up and your sheets are, t- are twisted and kicked off the bed, then that's telling me you're moving a lot more than is normal during your sleep. That's very interesting. I actually never thought of that before, so I appreciate that. So I would say um, an interesting overlap is that there is research looking at obstructive sleep apnea and um, reflux in general and gastroesophageal reflux disease. The overlap in symptoms there is that your risk factors are very similar for these two disease processes. And so research is trying to decide, does obstructive sleep apnea increase your risk of GERD? Does GERD increase your risk of obstructive sleep apnea? Or is it the risk factors for each of them are just overlapping? Because we look at things like increased alcohol consumption, cigarette smoking, central obesity, eating before bedtime. You know, these are these things that we look at and see people who have these risk factors have both GERD and obstructive sleep apnea at higher rates than the general population. And then we try to determine, well, you know, it's what came first and it's difficult to tease out, but we know that people who have GERD are inclined to have obstructive sleep apnea and vice versa. So it is a thing though that when people start talking about, well, I cough at night, I wake up and I have uh, a hoarse voice, you know, and I feel like I have to clear my throat a lot in the morning. I have a lot of thick mucus in the morning. Well, these are things that we start thinking, okay, is this an obstructive sleep apnea issue or is this a GERD issue? You start having to tease out more symptoms and it may be both. It's, you know, something that you have to take into account that both may be affecting sleep because if you have GERD and it's affecting your nighttime sleep because the acid is coming up your esophagus and it's that painful sensation is causing your brain to essentially wake up from a deep sleep because it senses that pain in the esophagus that may be disrupting sleep 
um, the simple fact that the acid is coming up into the esophagus, causing some erosion and some changes in the esophagus, well, that can also increase your risk of sleep apnea. So it's something though that when you start seeing some of those symptoms, then it's worth looking further into. Thanks for listening to the Food Guides podcast. Please take some time to visit us at foodguides.com where you'll find articles and information along with food and product recommendations from our growing community of dietitians and nutrition experts.